Have you ever made up your mind about a purchase before they gave you the sales pitch? Sure you have. So have I. When I did, in that moment I was sure the purchase was what I wanted and needed. When the closing sales pitch began, I didn't even want to waste my time or theirs. No more information required. Let's move on to the transaction. Let's get this done. In a way, it was a very good experience for me. But for the salesperson, who might be the owner of the business, it's a dream come true, and they should enjoy the rewards of all the work they did leading up to our interaction. You're listening to It All Works. This is episode 14, Closing Sales Before You Pitch. Can you ever recall going to an event, an expo, or even a fair? You walked around and you would notice the occasional booth or product that would catch your eye. It might have been something you were interested in or looking for, or it might have been something you noticed seems to solve a problem you have. And you might have sat there in front of that booth, observing and taking in any of the information available to you. There could have been information all over the booth and possibly someone demonstrating or speaking about the product. And in that moment, you realize that this product is a good fit for you. It seems to be the solution for a problem you have. And it's even more useful in ways you never thought of. And it's priced in where its value far exceeds what they are asking for. And well worth it to solve your problem. What happens next? We make the move to purchase the item. Because what has happened is the person or business has proven value and removed all obstacles. And the price is worth it. And without any more discussion or follow-up questions, you become a buyer. This is how it's done. We have had this example around us for decades, and yet most people don't use it. There is a way to make your sales method just as effective as the example, and create sales without having to do so much work distributing information, and then having to pitch and overcome people's barriers and objections, and answering a ton of questions. It's exhausting, isn't it? And on top of that, you might not even get close to the sale. So there's a possible for even more time and effort to be written off. So let's dive in. This episode might have piqued your interest based on the title, which could mean you think there are opportunities to improve your sales method or you're new to it all. Online businesses, for the most part, are very efficient. Technology is doing a lot of the heavy lifting for you. And when it comes to sales, it can become very easy and effective if you do things right. It's not enough to just show up with something to sell. The programs will handle the transaction for you, but you still have to make the sale. And what prompted me to create this episode is the fact that most people don't do things for optimal sales. You might get enough sales. Maybe you're closing 1-2% to of your leads. But what went wrong with the other 98%? There's a lot of possible things that went wrong. None of them are good. Likely, the number one reason is a large portion of those potential buyers weren't really high potential. They were probably a bad fit. The second is your content. All of it. Website, social media, all your audio and video does not do what I call building a close, as in closing of a sale. And the third is you might be following a method that everyone else is doing, believing that all things good will happen during the pitch. That just hurts to say, because it's wrong. A big reason people's content does not build a good close is because people struggle to make content. Even harder to make good content, and the hardest to make content with intent. Most entrepreneurs are trying to make more noise than the next person, and they are focused on pushing out a higher volume of content that never had a chance of being good or effective. Trying to fill the void with content that is not planned or strategic 
is literally a waste of time. Think about what is making the sale of your product or service a problem, and I want you to think about everything else except the product or service itself in this exercise. Do you find yourself having conversations that go far longer than they should have to have a shot at making a sale? And during those interactions, are you noticing that your product or service isn't exactly the right fit for the lead even before they notice? Are you having to answer follow-up questions or concerns in emails, chats, or in calls with no idea if you are any closer to making a sale? And what about all that extra time you spend on top of everything else you do to try and close a sale? Doesn't it wear you down after a while? It does to most people, and that's why many people give up. It just seems like an uphill climb all the way, and they are stressed at what it takes to make a sale. When they consider what their goal is, they might start to believe they will never get there. Worse still is you can have leads that have 0% chance of closing, or your audience leaves before you even get a chance to pitch. It could mean that you discouraged them and they made up their mind and it's a definitive no. Can you relate to this? Because this is what happens when we create weak content. We don't plan it out. When we don't spend that extra time thinking about how it all works. And consider the fact that the public gets pitched more now than ever before. Bombarded. They have been pitch slapped so often that it makes everyone's job a little harder. And that's why we need to develop our strategies, tactics, and methods in order to make our businesses work. It's worth doing it. You don't want to be another entrepreneur who pivots away from what they intended to do because this part of the job was a grind. It will continue to be a grind until you find a way that works, a better way, optimally. Before we discuss the moving parts, now is a good time for a Zen moment. If you want to move your sales forward, you're going to need to have an open mind and possibly accept that you're not optimized for sales yet. And really let go of the worries of mass-producing, void-filling content. Okay, let's discuss what contributes to the close. You might be a coach or a service provider or someone that sells a product. It doesn't matter. It's important that you emphasize what your product or service does. Sure, you can declare what it is, but until you tell people what it does for them, you will not gain any meaningful attention or leads. For example, a tax accountant doesn't just prepare your taxes. They make it easy for you. They take the stress out of it, and they can find you more opportunities. A running shoe might not just be a shoe. It could be the latest on-trend style, with better comfort and made from newer materials. These brief examples clarify not just the service or the product itself, but they allude to the needs of the people that would want them. They denote the result or effect. Those were just one-liners, but it's important that we must make this part of our message consistently. Your content should get people to envision what their life would be like after the purchase. For example, the relief of taxes being done and over with, or how stylish yet comfortable their new sneakers are and you need to keep making them have these visions whenever your content speaks of what your product or service is. Most products aren't for everyone, and there are so many reasons why yours isn't for a lot of people, but very much for a specific group of people. It could be an age or a gender. It could be educated or experience related. It could be time or place. And then there is the more personal and detailed reasons that revolve around a specific problem. Clarifying who it's for is a big part of the equation as well. It's like calling out someone's name. Because of its uniqueness, they know you are speaking directly to them. That's what your content must do. And this is part of the niching down process for a product or service. 
Oh yes, niching down should and must happen for the things that you sell. It's very possible that your existing audience and followers aren't going to be interested in every product or service that you offer equally. For example, a business coach might sell a course for beginners, but their audience is not 100% beginners. But if you don't detail who it's for more specifically, you might not get the people who needed it and the specific appeal of the course would be lost. Not to mention you could cause some confusion or dissatisfaction if someone purchased it only to be disappointed because they were in fact more advanced. This is why I consult on niche. Because you need to be very specific about who it's for. If you don't, it could be for anyone and no one at the same time. And then you end up in sales purgatory. Neither here nor there, but definitely no sales. Another thing that people need to know are the specs. As boring as this might be to some people, there are others that have their purchases dependent on this information. When you talk about the specs for a product, it's easier. You know like all the specs you would read about, about a car, a computer, or even a piece of furniture? But as you get into the online products, it needs to be done in a way that also supports the value statement for your product or service. For instance, Netflix specs might be something like this. A high-definition streaming service with over a thousand of your favorite TV shows and over 4,000 great movie titles that you can watch on all your devices. It tells you so much. By detailing the quantity of movies and shows and that it's internet-based and has a lot of flexibility with all the devices it can be used on. When they offer this for $8 a month, how can you argue with that? It makes the sale of this service so much easier for them when they share the specs. For each coach or consultant, it could look different. It could be something like this. An initial discovery call with six months of weekly calls one hour each over Zoom. Recorded calls for you to have access to during the length of the contract. Emailed monthly reports and supplementary guidance. And a final review and postmortem report on progress made plus guidance for next steps. These might be expressed on a sales page, but their benefits should be mentioned in your content whenever you touch on the topic or subject of your product or service. Specs aren't just that one section or tab on a website. They are a conversation point, points that a large number of your potential buyers would depend on. One thing that should happen is proving the value or ROI, return on investment. You should know that your product brings value and be able to prove it. There are those that can prove it and others that just believe it. And then there's the ones that don't really know. It's very difficult to create content, market and promote something when you aren't even sure it's worth what you're asking. And it can become very stressful if potential leads walk away from it because they didn't see the value either. I know there are people that are fine with selling anything if someone is willing to pay for it and have no problem trying to get $2,000 for something worth 500. They have no remorse if someone doesn't get value from their product. They bought it, it's their problem. But for most everyone else, there is a big connection between selling something that gives the appropriate or high value. It's guilt-free. You know you're giving them something worth their money, so you don't need to worry about your reputation taking a hit from that aspect. Proving value is about knowing exactly what it does and what it is worth. If you create a course to help people grow their Instagram audience, you must be sure it will work if someone follows your guidance. If you're going to help someone solve a problem, you should know what the market rate is or what it's worth to that person to get the problem solved and price appropriately so you can then have the value or ROI statement within your content. The mistake often made is people delivering information through their content like a jigsaw puzzle in a blank box with a few pieces missing. 
and you're asking people to imagine what the complete picture will look like when it's done. That's really difficult for them, and this is what contributes to difficult sales. You need to make sure they get a clear picture of it, repeatedly, and you can't have them fill in the blanks where you have left out details they might need. The value statement must be there, for your sake and theirs. And of course, we can never underestimate the power of good reviews and endorsements. Reviews make great content additions on websites and sales pages. They are there for the group of people who use them as a measuring tool and reassurance for the decision. However, I see endorsements having a stronger impact, and the more authentic they are, the better. If you have customers who are compelled to post about how great your product or service is, it's always a good idea for you to share that with your following and also ask permission to use their post in off-platform content. Having a variety of different posts shows that you are not curating your endorsements and just sharing them as you find them. Having endorsement videos within your own videos or presentations can help people envision how they would expect to feel after buying from you. When you look at all the ways you can bring clarity about your product or service with your content, you probably realize you shouldn't run out of ways to level up your sales game. But it is important to come to this from many angles. It is a combination of all these things that makes it work so well. And it gives you a lot more content ideas to work with, so you should never run out of content with intent. The effect of bringing in so much clarity is that you will be telling people who would benefit the most from the information they need to hear in order to invest more time listening to you. And then you are using that time to answer any questions they could have about the product and assuring them of your value and reputation. You are doing this so people get the whole picture and you are empowering them to make the decision without you leaning on them. It's true that people really don't like sales pitches. They prefer to make the decision on their own without being pressured. So when you have done this work with your content and presentations, you will make the decision process easy that's what we call a no-brainer. Have you ever seen the movie Jerry Maguire? There is a scene that when he just got fired from his job, this is after he wrote a memo slash mission statement for the future of the company he worked for. His creation outlined something that was counterintuitive to the goal of the company, and that's why they fired him. As he was leaving the office, he still believed in his message so much that he broke out into the who's coming with me speech vowing to start his own company with the ideas he had put in the memo. To no surprise, only one person joined him out of the hundreds who actually thought he had lost his mind. You have to keep in mind he was spinning an idea that nobody got and totally disagreed with. This scene is exactly what most entrepreneurial sales attempts look like, and this is why so many have 1-2% to 2 of their audience become buyers, and that's way too low. The whole idea of doing all this work before you even attempt to pitch someone is what I refer to as the 90-10 rule. You do 90% of the work it takes for someone to make a purchase from you. You make sure to give them the information and the clarity so that they don't have to ask you for it. Because people really don't want to have to ask. You do everything you can so the only thing that's left for them is that 10%. And the bulk of that 10% is someone asking you, how do I get one of those? Or how can I hire you? That's the best task you can leave your audience with. You actually want the experience of buying from you to be a positive one. When that happens, the positivity extends into the product they got or how they feel about working with you. And that's just fantastic branding. The experience of buying from you isn't about how your website handled the transaction. It's about how positive they feel about their decision 
and the transformation they are looking forward to as a result of your product. Most successful content is like drip feeding the information from within a pitch, without pitching. But it has time to be more specific and detailed and more generous. It's not rushed or pressured. It's fine dining compared to drive through The big picture goal is to create content that speaks to them and make sure it is delivered in the right place at the right time. The beauty of it is, at any time, you may have created a buyer from one of your leads, and that means you could have sales earlier than anticipated, or when you finally launch a product or service and open the online cart, you have buyers waiting. From there, it is just making sure you handle each transaction smoothly. Sometimes people forget happy customers are the ones that are confident in the decision, and that the things that made them happy start right from the first encounter. People think happy customers are as a result of experience using the product or service. Actually, the use is where you hold up what you promised, and it's during that time you can lose customers. Don't wait for your product or service to make people happy. In the end, it's your business, your branding, and you that sets the tone of how happy people are to be doing business with you. I want to let you know that doing this right has a compounding effect. If you can get to a point where you can close people before the pitch, and then while them with your product or service, you have not only made them feel very happy about their decision, they will think it's one of the best decisions they ever made. And when you have something new to offer, the second purchase becomes even easier for them and you. And they will be more than happy to tell their friends, knowing that if they do buy from you, that their reputation will not take a hit, but they will gain status as one of those friends that gives the best referrals. There is so much more you can benefit from this other than increasing your closing rate. It can impact your brand and really help you grow your business faster. Making it all work. Two things you can do to get you started improving your sales information are very easy to do and they are necessary. First, you need to detect and look for the signs and where problems are. You need to take a close look at what happens when people consume the content you provide that is directly related to your product or service? Is it the posts or blogs that get the least reads or view, lower engagement and less interactions? When this happens, it means they are detecting a pitch and they aren't even close to wanting to hear about it. They don't like the approach. It could just be the copy or the bluntness of it. They haven't warmed to the idea of buying from you, so they just might show it by avoiding that content. If you're doing a webinar presentation with a pitch at the end, and your audience leaves during the pitch, there's definitely something wrong, and you'll want to fix it before you waste more time doing more things with results that don't cover costs or pay the bills. The other is to track every bit of information you get about the sales you do make and the ones you don't. It's important to do this instead of accepting the results and not fully understanding why they were what they were. There will be things about the sales you did make that will show you what you have done right, and the same for the sales you didn't make. It would be valuable information to know what particular thing failed you. Finding out that your audience was not the people you serve or that your value statement failed are two very different problems and it's important to know which one needs to be addressed. It's a good idea to follow up with people and respectfully ask for their opinion. It's valuable information. By doing these things, you should be able to see the opportunities to improve your closing rate and work towards closing more sales well before the pitch. Thanks for listening to the 14th episode of the It All Works podcast about closing before you pitch. I hope you got some helpful information from it. If you do have any questions or you would like to reach me for more information, 
please email me. You can do that from this episode's page within the itallworks.com website. If you haven't already, please subscribe to this podcast. That way you will get every new episode as it's released. I also run the It All Works Facebook group, where I continue the conversation about each podcast weekly topic. Join today and you can meet some of the best members I could ask for there. Thanks for sharing your time with me. Until next week, take care.